Boar's Head invites you to enlighten your senses. Introducing Boar's Head Ichiban Teriyaki-style chicken. Inspired by Japanese master chefs, our signature teriyaki glaze is crafted with garlic, ginger, and a hint of brown sugar. Then paired with our tender, slow-roasted chicken breast for a flavor that's sweet, savory, remarkably bold. Boar's Head Ichiban Teriyaki-style chicken. The bold flavor of Japan. Now at the deli. Compromise elsewhere. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome to this Wednesday's edition of Girl Power Hour. I'm Annette Bingham, and Tasha Humphreys is here with me. Hey, Tasha. Hi, Annette. How are you today? Uh, wet. We're just all wet here in Lubbock, <laughs> Texas. Um, I was I was thinking if I could make it to the store, I'd probably go get a kayak and uh, have some fun while it's, you know, between the rain. Yeah, we've we've gotten, uh, as y'all know, both Tasha and I are in Lubbock, and um, our guest is also from Lubbock. And we've been having quite a bit of rain, and um, not as bad as those poor souls um, in other areas that have lost homes and animals, and I feel really bad about all of that. I feel, you know, wish there was a lot more that we could do at this point in time. Um, and having rehabbed cottontail bunnies, I know that a lot of wildlife has been displaced because mm-hmm. of the heavy rain, and uh, that breaks my heart. So a lot yeah. of them we won't find to be able to rehab, so. Anyways, sad news, sad news, but we do have some fun stuff today. Um, we have Hallie Beavers with us, and she's going to be talking about yoga, and not just yoga, but how it healed her and how it can work in your life, too. Um, she's got a very interesting story, and I'm going to let Tasha introduce her. Yay. Well, first, let me say, uh, I want to, I want to say, you know, you, you mentioned the, the news that's coming out in terms of the flooding. And, um, of course, you know, Annette and I both wish love and light to those involved and, and, um, you know, anyone that's lost anything, I mean, of course, our hearts go out to you and, um, we're both very concerned about the animals and the wildlife. And so of course, love and light to them as well. And, I also want to say um, I received a text today. I I heard there was a a shooting in UCLA, so certainly our hearts go out there uh, as well to the victims and and the survivors and the families of of everyone affected. Uh, You know, these these incidents happen, and we don't – it it seems it happens more and more, and uh, I just don't want us to lose sight of the big picture and and to start to get desensitized to stuff like this – because I remember when stuff like this first started happening and the way that we reacted, and I think we, we should still be reacting that way, and this, yes. this is something that, that the country really needs to address. So uh, love and light to our leaders, and hopefully they can, uh, you know, make some changes and, and do what needs to be done, and we can continue to put out good information um, to help heal this world because it's clearly in a very dysfunctional state. Well, let me jump um, in there too, real quick. Let me let me just say that, regardless of all the stuff, and I, you know, I've been I clicked off Facebook Sunday because I was just 
or was it Monday, I clicked off because it was like, okay, I cannot stand any more of the negative talk uh, about a situation that was going on and won't get into it here, but um, I just got to the point where I was becoming anxious and I was becoming, you know, not in a good place, out of balance, out of harmony, the whole bit. So I, I clicked off and, you know, even though all this stuff is going on, we have to believe that there's a, this world is actually a good place, that there are really great people out there and we see it in disasters, how people come together. And um, I've been seeing some people showing some empathy and some um, more positive thinking today, you know, mm-hmm. um, on Facebook and around. So we just have to believe that this really is a good place and we can make it better. Yes, and that's the key right there, you know, uh, um, making it better. Because that's the idea, like I said, just, you know, we, we really need to replace fear and panic in our hearts with love and prayer. And when I say the word prayer, that's however you see it, uh, whether that's in the religious sense or in a spiritual sense or in meditation, whatever it is you do, however you see it, um, we really need to replace it with love because we do know that, that love conquers all. And, and, and Haley Beavers, who is on our show today, uh, has a beautiful quote that fits right in right here. Um, Be the light that outshines anything dark. And that's exactly uh, what we're talking about, and Annette, exactly what you're saying. You know, we just have to be the light that outshines that darkness. And if all of us can try to do that, then you know we will. We can outshine that dark. And so, on that note, Haley, thank you for being on our show today. Thank you for having me today. I'm honored to speak with you both and to our audience as well. Yeah, and you know, you have. I have to say to the audience that does not yet know you. Um, you know, you, you're you the owner of the yoga stand. Um, you also obviously teach yoga and um, and do workshops and all sorts of amazing, wonderful things. Um, and I got to know you through one of your instructors, who's a longtime friend of mine, uh, Greg Foster. And um, actually, you gave me the honor of being able to do some paintings for you. Um, and so I got a chance to learn your story. And I was fascinated, and I have been ever since. And um, you are someone that is very inspirational. Uh, not only do you have the yoga stand, but you are so creative. You're a dancer. You're an artist. You send me pictures of the art that you do, and I'm blown away. Um, and I just am more and more impressed with you daily. And you, on your Facebook page, um, which if anyone listening is not yet uh, connected to Haley, uh, you should be because she's very empowering and inspirational and uh, the yoga stands as well. But you always have wonderful quotes that um, you put out into the world and uh, and you are always a light. And I greatly appreciate that, as I know anyone that knows you does as well. So thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. So I want to start uh, just, you know, we've we shared your bio a bit when we were advertising this, promoting this show, um, but I, I really want you to talk about your story and, um, you know, what it is you do, what what inspired you, What where did all this begin that you got into yoga, that you opened up the yoga stand, What just tell us the history. Okay, yeah, it's a, it's a long one. So I'm a Lubbock native, 
grew up here and went to Texas Tech University, graduated with a financial planning degree of all things, went to the finance route, and I moved to New York for a little while, spent some time in Dallas and Fort Worth, and lo and behold, Lubbock brought me back in. You know, it has that effect, so I yes, landed here, but <laughs> we all just ended up back, and I'm proud to be, but I, I started my first yoga class when I was 19, 20 years old. I took my first class at Tech, and it, it wasn't a great class. I think I'm even in a gym around there. It wasn't great, but something in me just lit up like it struck a chord and for the first time in my life I felt peace I had never had space from my mind or my thoughts and it was just history from there I just I moved and wherever I went I started studying yoga but to be quite honest since I was about 12 years old I really struggled with depression and anxiety and I'm not even real sure my family my parents understood why or what was going on with me but it was just a constant struggle and uh, yoga saved me in so many ways. The practice alone just, it, it saved my life. I got my anxiety under control. I learned to deal and cope with depression and what was going on. And my mind finally rested. And I could understand the difference between my mind and my body and my soul and kind of the, the whole whole triangle there that works in a very circular motion to heal. So when I came back, um I had a home studio in Fort Worth that was very, very special to me. And the name of that studio was Indigo Yoga. And Brooke Hamlin is the owner there. I'm still very good friends with And something happened to me in my years there. Just a light switch got turned on, and I knew I had to open a studio. I just, like, I knew. I was like, you've got to get certified to teach. This is your calling. This is what you're supposed to be doing for now. So I spent a year or two there, got my certification. Um, the market crashed. I was working for a, a big bank at that time in the investment portion for high net worth clients. And I was like, well, I guess here's my sign. I really didn't have a choice. I couldn't find a job in 2008 when the, the recession was kind of taking place. And I moved back home um, for four years with my parents to get my studio started. So that was a big hit in itself, you know, being 25, 26 years old and you're, you're moving back home and you're like, wow, I used to make money. I used to do this. I used to be on my own. And I really had to take a step back to, in order to get my studio up and going. And, and fortunately I've had such a supportive family and group around me that enabled me to get my career going here. So I opened my studio during a recession. Um, and strangely, oddly enough, I didn't even have to take out a loan. My finance background helped and I used, a ton of my savings to follow my dream got my little place started we actually started teaching people in garages and patios like whoever would listen to me I just started teaching and um, I had a small client base I was doing private classes for a while and working a full-time job at a bank here um, in hopes to launch my my future business and then I moved to a warehouse about six months after that and I rented a space and shared with somebody just in like a big warehouse where you'd see CrossFit it was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I put down flooring from sounds, and it was just funny. And um, I had to put <laughs> little heaters in there, but it was so cold. And I started my website, and I'm still working full time. Um, even at one point, I'd rented space from a local business, Jumping Jungle. I was doing two classes a week there, peddling my business. I mean, anybody and everybody I went, I was telling them how yoga changed my life marketing, doing all that grunt groundwork. And um, I guess about a year and a half in, I finally, or maybe a year in, I quit my job at the bank and just jumped. And um, we got our first retail space on 82nd and Frankfurt. 
And now Woo-hoo. it's been six, seven years later, and um, I have a team of ten teachers around me, I think, right now. Um, yeah. It has gone from my early days I taught uh, 15 to 17 classes a week. I don't even know how I did it. I look back and I'm like, I don't even know how I survived that. <laughs> and now I have the staff to help. Three years ago, we started our own teacher training program. We have our own 200-hour program, which was starting a business within a business in itself. That was a scary launch. And um, got that going. And, I mean, here we are today, and we just have a very, very special, unique community. And um, I have an amazing team around me. I, I couldn't do it without them. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure how I got as far as I did without them. But I always tell people I'm kind of like a venture capitalist here. Um, bringing yoga to Lubbock is still, you know, it's not as new, but it's definitely been um, a, a lifestyle switch, a mental switch, a spiritual switch. In my early days, I mean, I had students afraid to even say the word namaste because it was in Sanskrit and they were conflicted um, with what that meant and their religious beliefs and things like that. So we have done a lot, a lot of light work to help build compassion and unity and not not separation. So here we are, but that's kind of me and where we stand today. Well, and that last piece, that's what I love so much. You know, you just said we've done a lot of light work. You are a light worker, and um, and I know that you – uh, now, it, I correct me if I'm wrong, but you have some training in Reiki as well, correct? I do. I trained in Reiki, um, which is all Japanese energy work. I've also done a color therapy course. Um, geez, what else? I've done a quantum healing hypnosis with Dolores Cannon, who's big in the light work field. Um, just lots of modalities, you know, a lot of study with crystals and rocks and I'm just kind of a spiritual junkie, really. I mean, I'm into everything and any modality that can help someone. And and that's a great thing. It just, it doesn't have to be one thing. Um, But I've definitely seen that even play. I even had life coaching going on for a little while with my my student base until I got too busy. But um, yeah, you know, light work is an interesting term. Um, It is work. Um, it, it, it is not a, it is a, it is a daily choice to choose light and, um, to lift others up and to be there for them and show them their own path. And, and I don't say that in a codependent way because codependency truly has become an epidemic on this planet, but in a way of like a smile, a hug, a, just a, the, you know, an assist, a touch of someone's body in a yoga pose or just making eye contact with them and connecting with them and helping them see their own power, their own light. I mean, that that's gold. I mean, that's why I do what I do. Um, yeah. That is why I do what I do. Yeah, and you do a great job at it. You, you know, every one of your instructors, I'm sure, would say that you have definitely lifted them. I know one in particular, Greg Foster, um, would certainly say that. And, and uh, you know, you've changed lives and changing your life, and that's what it's all about. You know, you, you grow personally and spiritually you grow in your own path and then you know the people around you they either got to grow or drop off you know so it's like a beautiful thing because they grow with and that's the ones that grow along it's like that you're actually helping them find their path and it's a beautiful thing um, you know and the further I, I get along in the ascension process no you got a good point I always say it's like a universal chiropractic alignment the universe just does it they either step yeah. up and they keep going with you or they fall out that's exactly right. And what a great analogy, a universal chiropractic adjustment. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Um, and, you don't deal with you know, it, it's going to deal with you. That's exactly right. Uh, it's very true. And, you know, you said, too, and, and this is something, 
whenever, because uh, Annette as well, is, she is a Reiki master, and whenever we talked a bit on our show about Reiki and what it is and what it isn't, and, um, you know, yoga as well, falls, we're, we're here in Lubbock, Texas, we all love Lubbock, and so this is not a slam on the city at all, um, but we're also aware it's a conservative area, and, um, you know, certainly there's a lot of religious um, beliefs here that, you know, granted, all well and fine, but there's a lot of confusion within that religion Mm -hmm. about the ideas of yoga and Reiki and all this being quote unquote new age and therefore being, you know, a bad thing when in actuality, they're very healing processes. And in my personal opinion, uh, even if you look at it from the Christian faith, uh, this is something to me that Jesus would do. (laughs) So because, you know, when you have a little, what would Jesus do bracelet? I think to myself, well, I mean, you know, Jesus did lay hands and did heal through energy and, and certainly uh, was a light worker. So all of those things uh, fit and namaste and all of that is something that would, you know, straight come from uh, Jesus. So I, I am a big believer in, uh, you know, that having your own spiritual path. And of course I respect all those uh, in the religious, you know, path that I'm discussing right now, but I just want to try to open some minds and hearts more importantly to um, the idea that, you know, love is love and light is light and there's no reason to judge a light because it's not your light. So um, could you maybe give a little bit of insight into that because I know that you've had to correct that or at least help people understand it. Um, You know, what yoga is, what yoga isn't, what Reiki is, what Reiki isn't. In terms of namaste not being a bad thing to say, um, could you kind of go into that a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, the first and foremost, the thing I would say is why do we have to choose? I mean, there is room for everybody and every belief system. And at the end of the day, all that matters is your spirit feels connected to your source and is happy, no matter exactly. how you get there. And I'm I'm so um, over the whole black and white and having to choose. Like, how are you going to unlove somebody? I mean, let's get real. Like, we've all fallen in love. We've all had our heart broken. Can you ever unkiss, unlove, untouch, unbe with that person? Can you ever let that go? Like a true, deep love and longing, it just stays with you. And right. um, it, it, it's the same analogy in spirituality. It's like we don't have to choose. There's room for everybody to fit in this room, no matter what. And right. um, it, it's a fear. I remember I had one student several years ago that was very concerned about some of the music we were playing because we, we use everything. We'll use stuff that's world music that has Sanskrit in it, and Sanskrit is just a language. It's not a religion, but it, it is a language that developed in, in an Eastern world in their Indian stuff, and that's what a lot of the poses are called. They're in Sanskrit, the language. And, you know, some of the, the roots have a Hindu influence, but yoga itself is not a religion. I could, you know, there's just, it's not. It's period, point blank. It is a philosophy. It is a lifestyle, but I remember having, you know, concerns about, well, this music says that. You know what you're saying? And I said, why would you let something have that power over your belief system? Why would you let that happen? If you believe so much in your walk and your path, whether it's Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism, whatever, Jewish, I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, Why would you let that impede? Why would you not just let that light come up and be so bright and just embrace and integrate it all? And that's one thing we've got to jump. Like, you know, we're in a bridge here. We're in a big shift. This whole planet is undergoing a huge shift. 
And, mm-hmm. and compassion is the bridge. And we're not going to get there until everybody steps on board with compassion and acceptance of all. Of all. Agreed. Like, integrate it. Bring it in. Quit fighting it. Just send love, send light. If, if you don't understand it, guess what? You don't have to. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Just accept, understand, and, and be willing to see someone else's point of view and go back to love because it's just that simple. You just said it, Tasha. I mean, love is love is love. And right. um, I think so many years suppressing stuff and trying to find this right or wrong path. Is it black or white? And quite honestly, we do not live in a linear world anymore. It is not two plus two. It is not black and white. It is not left or right. Spirituality is a circle. It is a very circular, right. fluid, moment-by-moment pattern, and you got to just jump. And um, compassion has been huge for me. And so if someone really, you know, works with Christianity and that works for them, I am there to support it and build them up and give them tools. It is just, it's not a choosing anything anymore. It's, it's we're all, there's room for everybody in the boat. And exactly. um, But we do. We deal with that in, in a lot of ways, but... It's so cool now. I mean, even looking back six years ago to now, how fast that can shift someone's fear is mm-hmm. dramatically accelerated. And it's just the touch of love and compassion. It is just mm-hmm. seeing that person going, man, I love you even though we differ here. I love you. Yeah. And um, yeah. just holding that, holding that space for people. And, and that's what we do. I mean, the yoga stand is like this space. And if you're attuned to energy at all, you walk into my space and you feel it. There's hundreds of hours of yoga and tears and blood and sweat and love and you feel it. And, and but the whole thing is all you got to do is step in it. Just don't fight it. Step in it and it's going to heal you. I mean, it just will. You don't even have to control it anymore. Just step in it. And I've seen it. You know, that's, we get less and less of it. Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing right there. You said you got you step in it and you heal it. And and I got to focus on that because um, there's a couple of things that come to mind as you talk. One, you know, we're talking about compassion versus fear. And the truth of it is, I've I've had a realization uh, lately, and it's from a spiritual realm. And the idea that you know, fear is the darkness and love is the light. And that isn't to say that if you have fear, you're of the darkness. That's not what I'm saying. We we as humans, of course, you know, in 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 our human bodies, we have these fears, but it's the idea is to quote Lenny Kravitz, it's to let love rule, you know, like just let love mm-hmm. rule over that fear. So, you know, if you, if a fear comes up, okay, it's there, but don't let it own you. Don't let it rule you. No. Let love rule you. And then love will heal that fear, you know, and you'll work through the reason you have it because the reason you have it is, is, you know, something deeper. And so you'll, if you let love rule, then that love will start to heal it. And, you know, as a, as someone from the counseling background, um, my supervisor, whenever I started counseling and as an intern, you know, he always told me, your job is to make people uncomfortable. That's your job. Yeah. And I you don't that. rescue them from it. You don't rescue them from the, uh, the discomfort. You let them sit in their discomfort. Let them sit yeah. in their fear. Let them sit in their anxiety. And then you love them back to health. And yeah. that's exactly what you do. You know, you 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 yeah. have these people come in. They have these fears. They have these anxieties, and they're and they're in there on the table. You know, and then that compassion and love that you show, and that which you've helped your team show, and and those who've been that all culminates, and eventually it douses out that fear, and it heals wherever that fear originates. 
Yeah, and the coolest thing is you don't even have to know why or understand it anymore. Like, the analyzation is almost like a paralysis state now. The more I'm in my studio, I mean, the energy that just gets swirling. I mean, we'll just be in the middle of something, and my body will be just drawn to somebody, and it'll be two seconds later, and tears are just streaming. And they're like, why am I crying? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to analyze it anymore. You can let it go. Just let it out and let the love in. And it's amazing to watch that. It's just, and you do, you see the discomfort in my students. I mean, wow, a brand new student, just to get in the doors of my studio, I read some article the other day, it it takes almost a year for someone to get the courage after hearing about yoga to make it in a studio. And that's so telling of just the intimidation of the practice. And then they get in there and they realize it's completely nonjudgmental, but they have to face themselves. You know, we may leave them in a pose for an extended period of time and that anxiety and discomfort you're talking about, it starts bubbling up. And, you know, we're just Mm -hmm. coaching them, like, lean into the discomfort, go that way. And all the ancient yogi teachings taught that. They taught you to bring the fear and discomfort up and you move in it. Because you got to go mm-hmm. through it to get out of it. You can't skirt That's around right. it. And you just dive in. And, you know, I'm a bit of a rebel myself when it comes to spirituality. Anyways, I am always pushing the envelope because I know that's how we're going to change this planet. And it's like anymore, you can't let 1% of you buy into that fear. You can't. Like 1% can take you out. And, and right. if it does, okay, be human. We'll go in and heal it. But I'm just even pushing myself more where I am in spirituality. Just like, man, don't even go there. Just to the point, some of my old fears, they, they're boredom. They, they're so yeah. boring. Like I look at yeah. them and I'm like, I'm bored with you today in this old fear I have. And um, I know we're in different times when that's happening, but it is, it is a complete jump. It, it truly, truly is to get involved in any type of spiritual thing, whether it's Reiki or Oh, yoga, there's so many modalities, but um, you're exactly right. You have to face some deep parts of yourself when you enter this journey. And that's another thing. People often don't talk about the elephant in the room when it comes to the path of ascension or awakening, whatever you want to call it. It's not always easy. There's some no. dark times, um, very mm-hmm. dark, dark, dark times. And, um, you know, a good word for listeners is, you know, Google the dark night of the soul. There's so many things out there to learn about, but this is no cakewalk, um, but the amazing thing is, is we are supported by so many powerful spiritual teachers and communities to help us get through it. But there right. are some dark days, but it's worth it. It's just so worth it. Yeah, it truly is to come on to, to come out on the other side, and that's something, you know. Um, I have a spirit guide that works with me a bit, and there's this this, you know, at night when you're dreaming and and you call upon that help and you get that and they're working with you, and when you Mm -hmm. wake up, you think, wow, what just happened? What did I just do? And sometimes, you know, just, what, what, can you just tell me what just happened? And, you know, I I constantly hear, you don't need to know, just know that we did work. And that's what you're saying, too. You don't need to analyze what it is, because once it's gone, let it go. You don't need to know what it was, because it's gone. And if you don't want to give it power, and I've learned that, too, recently, and that's something that the big, the big step is, you know, there's this jump you have, like you said, um, where you're, you're going through this growth process and, and you're, you know, working through um, any of the unresolved issues or the fears or whatever to, to, to really try to evolve, you know, your soul and move forward. And as you're doing that, yeah, you're going to cry. You need to cry. You're going to need to get that out. You need to let it go and, and work through it. And as you do that, you know, I've learned recently also through um, some spiritual work is that 
you don't have to say the name anymore of the person that's hurt you because it only gives them power. And the idea is just to realize that, you know, when you are speaking about things that have happened to you, things that are going on, but the more you talk about it and the more you spin it and the more you analyze it, the more power you give it. And yep. it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't need to go back to the – now, when you're, like, thinking about it and you go back to the root of it because that root – is where that pain is and that's where it originates and that's how you get to the tears. But I'm saying you don't need to sit there and ruminate over it Mm -hmm. and, you know, tell everybody about it because, I mean, it just continues to bring up the power of it. And, you know, the idea is to give yourself back that power that was taken or that you gave away. So true. And then it's, um, you know, I guess so many things are flooding my mind when you say that, but it's, the word control comes to my mind. And, um, you know, we talk about it in yoga, the Manipura Chakra, the third chakra, center of personal power and confidence. And it's an important uh, lesson to really find the balance of control and not control. And there is a surrendering. And through the surrender, you, you fall in this place of trust you never knew you had. But the mind, the ego, it fights all day long to want to hold on to the analyzation, the analysis paralysis, the need to know why, the need to figure it out, the need to understand. And what happened to me when I finally surrendered understanding in the, in the analysis and just realized, no, that's not something I have control over. Let the understanding come to you. Let the healing come to you. Allow the compassion and love to come to you. You don't have to do anything anymore to get there. It's an allowing. And um, that was huge for me. And, um, you know, that's continually what we teach. But it just seems in these recent years it's getting easier and easier for people to, to snap into that and really leave their mind for a little bit. I have a good friend of mine in Midland. Her name is Sherry. And she always says her motto is don't think like a human. Just don't think like a human, you know. <laughs> drop into that heart space. Um, drop yeah. into that heart space and realize you don't have a lot of control anyway. Like all these things you're wondering why things happen to you in life or why why are we wasting so much time there when just let it go and move on mm-hmm. um, because there is so much love on the other side and so much connection, so much compassion, and, and so many things are waiting. And at the same time, I want to make this point too is, Love whatever comes up in yourself. Love the five-year-old having a temper tantrum because we all do it. Because when you wake up in the morning and you don't get exactly what you want the way you want it and you have a meltdown in life, we act like a five-year-old. We're crying. We're upset we didn't get our candy. But can you just take a moment and love that inner five-year-old and just go, you know what? There's something better for me coming if you'll just trust. Just trust that when you don't get your way – your soul knows you better than you know yourself, and there is more glory, and there, the next best thing hasn't even arrived yet. It's on its way, but we get, we make the temporary so dadgum permanent. We do that as humans instead of just allowing and trusting, but have your tantrum, honor that, and love that inner child. You know, the best analogy is like, you know, when you were five years old and you went to your mom and you said, Mom, I need a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm starving. Did you ever once doubt that your mom wouldn't get you a PBJ? No, you just <laughs> trusted. You're just like, no, I'm going to get my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I mean, you just trusted this innocence and purity of trust. And um, it's just to treat yourself with that kind of compassion 
is so much more powerful than the old way of suppressing and suffering and judging and pounding it out of you. It's just, no, go back to that, that little, you know, mm, space in there that's so soft and be like, it's okay. Just love yourself like that. Because in turn, if you can love yourself in those breakdowns, you can love anybody that way. But it has to start with you, you know? Agreed. And I love that you say that because, you know, um, and I got to say too, uh, Annette knows very well, um, that analysis paralysis term is very, first of all, I love it. Um, But it's also very fitting of how I was for a very long time. Man, I used to ask Annette all the time, call her, you know, on our friendship chats Mm -hmm. and just be like, why did this happen? Why was this this way? Why? Mm -hmm. I mean, because I just need to know. I've got to understand it. And, you know, I really did keep myself from, now I'm not talking about, again, like, uh, because, you know, if you've come from abuse or anything like that, then of course you, you get to the root of the issues because loving yourself is something right. you're not taught to do. And a peanut butter and jelly sandwich from your mother is something you might not trust you're going to get. And so in that situation, exactly. you know, you, you grow and you learn, you go through the recovery process, the healing process that's going to require probably some professional help of some sort, whether that be on the spiritual right. realm, Reiki, counseling, you know, self-help books, whatever it takes, but you go through that and then you start to learn to be your own best parent and to be the parent you never had. And in order to do that, like you said, you give that inner child compassion and you imagine that your little child is sitting next to you and, and you go back and you, you know, what would you tell yourself? What would you tell your little kid if something happened? You know, you wouldn't sit there and be like, well, why did he do that to you? Why did she do that to you? Well, why? I mean, you would just give compassion and say, you know, I'm sorry that that happened. And um, and it shouldn't have happened. Um, but you wouldn't focus on why. You know, you would just you would just help your your kid try to understand that it shouldn't have. And and you have to do that same thing with your inner child. And and that is something I've definitely had to learn because I kept myself from moving on because <laughs> I was just focused on. But why? And the and the truth of it is the reason I needed to know why is because I was blaming me. And that came from my own, yeah. you know, stuff that was unresolved in my own childhood. And, you know, I needed to get to that. And honestly, not only did it keep me from moving on from the experience, but it kept me from getting to the root of why I needed to know why so that I could heal it, you know, so that I could realize yeah. that it's not my fault. And it really, when people do something, quote, unquote, to you, they're not doing it to you. They're doing it to themselves. And, you know, you, you get, they don't, they're, it's something that really, um, they're going to end up owing themselves an apology for, not you, and so you don't personalize it. You know the whole four agreements thing. You don't you don't personalize it. Yeah. And of course, again, this all comes from you know seven years of counseling and a whole lot of work done on myself. So I'm not expecting yeah. someone who's just gotten out of something devastating to know how to do that. But I will say that this is the reason why we have you on the show because there are things like the yoga stand and Reiki through, you know, Haley, through Annette, through all these people that we have on the show, that when you are coming out of something traumatizing, you can reach, whether it's your childhood, whether it's a relationship, whatever it is that's caused you to be in a place of fear and constant self-criticism and a state of self-sabotage or not feeling self-love, whatever it may be, that places like the yoga stand and healing modalities like Reiki and counseling and, you know, all the different people that we have on the show, that's where it starts. You know, that's where you can go and start Mm -hmm. healing that and get a different perspective. 
Yeah, and, you know, we need all of us. I mean, I've sent several yeah. people to counseling before that needed it. And then I have a lot of people that say, oh, my gosh, this going to yoga is like having an hour of counseling and I didn't have to talk. This helps me so much. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you need all of it. There's pieces for all of it. There's a time and place for all of it. And right. um, it's so true, just the power of the work. But, you know, I comment, too, on the whole and the analysis thing because I'm right there with you, Tasha. I spent 20 years over analyzing my life. and. Later, my my spirits, my guides, my path has really taught me that, you know, when you're an intelligent person, you know, think about where fear comes from. It's it's really, it's developed from the intellectual sense. It doesn't mm-hmm. come from the heart. It, it, it's because you're, you're, you're intellectual, you're smart. And thank goodness we had those years because we're able to lead people now. But I would mm-hmm. say distinctively there's been a shift, and I wouldn't change any of those years. And we are in a new energy. We just are. Um, you right. know, that happened around 2012. 2013 did not even count. But 2014 and on, we are in a new energy. I, I mean, I'm doing things I never knew I could do with so much ease and grace because I've done all that work. I've went through all the overanalyzing. And you know what, Tasha, those were great tools. They got us to where we are. But like sure. anything, we graduated. Some of those mm-hmm. tools are old now. We don't have to dig as deep. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that in counseling and coaching. You've had to adjust your practice and how you talk to people. I've adjusted my right. teaching immensely over seven years, how I teach someone and lead someone. It's just a constant evolving. But Thank goodness for those old tools, and I'm so excited about these new tools and this new energy that's coming into the planet right now because I'm seeing it in my daily life of going, wow, wow, this is new. And those of us on the front lines and and really pioneering this entire awakening for the planet, this is a long haul. we got several, several years of work ahead of us. This is not a quick fix. Um, But thank goodness that light is kind of getting on our side now. We are starting to to come across more people of light, more people of like mind, really pairing up with our soul families and finding our mission, what we're really supposed to do here on this planet. And that is amazing. So I'm so thankful for those old tools, and I'm so excited to be graduating to wherever we're going. And um, I've had to stay real open. I, I, I constantly use the analogy, if we're on a moving platform now, this new energy is like you just jumped on and you never really know which way it's going to go because it, it's just life is not so linear anymore. Um, I've had to become very flexible. I mean, very flexible. It's like sometimes you may catch me working till 1 o'clock in the morning and taking a nap from 3 to 5 in the afternoon. Um, I never know what's going to hit my plate. I just know I have to be where I have to be for meetings and teaching. But the rest, I have had to learn to be so fluid, and it goes back to control. I mean, do we really have as much control as we think anyway? We we don't. I mean, I'm not talking about discernment and making good decisions, but this just overwhelming need to control every circumstance in our life. And I'm finding ease and freedom in it of, like, just trusting this flow. And And the people around me, the ones that are doing better in this newer energy, are the ones that are surrendering control and just kind of floating along and taking it a day at a time. Um, the, yeah, that we're agree. still really stuck in that old rigid energy. I'm seeing a lot of suffering and a lot of heartbreak and, you know, a lot of health problems. Um, health problems are a big wake-up call spiritually, and those have been rampant. Um, a lot of death, a lot of people leaving the planet, a lot of shifting there, all for this rebirthing process. But I like mm-hmm. to tell people, it's like Earth and us as humanity, we are rebirthing right now. And we are so young. We are two to three years into a whole new equinox, a whole new Earth. We are babies. We're learning to walk again. 
And, exactly. Um, it's so cool to be on this new side, and I'm so thankful for what I been went through to get here. But it's amazing just what I see in my own doors and how people are healing faster or, you know, kind of what's happening to show them their path and their way. Well, and, and, and I love this, too, and I hope everybody out there heard this because this is, the, this is a powerful statement, you know, and one that I, I want everyone to really take on. The idea is that when you, you know, I have, we had another friend of mine, uh, Kat, Kathleen Morrow, she's actually referred to as Dr. Kat, on the show, um, she's the owner of Merlin's, I know you know her well as as well because yeah. I know that you you purchase things for your babies there as well oh, as I do. You. And yes, and uh, she is a light worker as well, and she um, you know has a thing you know you you do better when you know better, and that's that's the key. And mm, and I, I love, love that, that you said you know we thankful for our tools because again it's not about like realizing wow I really did that oh, and, and then beat yourself up for three months over it. No, it's about mm-hmm. okay you know yeah I did that, but now like you said I've graduated from that. Those were the tools that that helped me survive. And my counselor, you know, I, I love and I'm just going to say her name because if anybody out there needs one, my goodness, she's the best. I don't even know if she takes clients anymore because I think I've booked her. But um, Dr. Sarah Haley um, was my counselor for years, and I refer everyone to her when I can. And, um, you know, she always told me, because I really beat myself up a lot in my counseling sessions. I was constantly going in there just beating myself up for the way that I handled everything in my life. And, you know, she told me and it was the best thing that she could have ever said. She was so compassionate. She wanted me to be compassionate toward myself. And she always said, you know, Tasha, you did what it took to survive. And kudos to you for that. You know, like whatever you're doing to survive, kudos to you for that. When you know better, then you do better. But until then, you're surviving. And that's the key. And so once you, you know, you realize, okay, well, I'm surviving, but I'm not thriving, which is what I did, which is why I went to counseling, then you figure out what you can do to help you thrive, you know, and then, and then you do the things like we talked about for a while that help you thrive to an extent. And then when you learn differently, something that could help you thrive even more, then you take on that and that's your new tool. And I love that you said that, Haley, you know, you look at it as, okay, we've graduated. Thank goodness for the tools we had. Thank goodness for the experiences we had. Now we've graduated from that. We've moved on to bigger, better tools, and now we're excited about it. I love that. It is, and, you know, I can't even – it's like trying to describe a color you've never seen before. We're all in this together, and we are growing up together. We are finally maturing as spiritual beings, and we got a whole planet on its way there. And, you know, I don't know if everybody will wake up or they won't wake up, but – I'm so excited for where where we're headed as a whole as humanity, and um, I just really surrendered into like just it's okay not to know, delete the need to know what's next, just keep mm-hmm. flowing. And you know you're right. If, when you know better, you do do better. And I tell people all the time when they're in judgment of a, of a situation or a person, I'm like, you know what? That person's doing the best they can, or they would do better. Everyone's right. doing the best they can in that moment, or they would do better. And that's mm-hmm. enough. And that is, you know, compassion too, Tasha. It's not, it's not this soft, fluffy thing people think it is. No, compassion is like a samurai warrior of strength. You have to right. be able to take some hits from people and not let that wobble you. You know, there's mm-hmm. a great quote in the boxing room of like, the person who throws the best right hook isn't always the strongest. It's the one on the other end absorbing the punch. They go, you can't right. shake me. Your darkness can't take me out. Good luck. Just keep throwing them because the universe is going to keep showing me where I'm vulnerable until I get the message and I rise above. Right. 
And I'm like, bring it on. Just show me my vulnerabilities because I want to get that powerful in myself. And um, there's just, you know, that's amazing when you, when you are, you know, in the spiritual awakening process and it is not easy, but wow, what a sense, a new sense of personal power when you do get through something really tough and really challenging. And it brings more connection. You have a way of relating with people that you, you never knew you had. Well, and it heals you on a, you know, and you mentioned this too about, uh, you know, people that going through sickness and disease and illness. And, you know, there's a, Annette and I talk about this often, um, there's spiritual reasons for disease. You can look that up. I mean, you can mm-hmm. look up spiritual reasons for disease and find a great uh, life coach that talks about it and has them all listed, quite frankly, in the spiritual connection to them but you know when we talk about healing we're not just talking about your emotional healing and, and I wrote an article recently and it'll be published on soberrecovery.com soon um, it's just been sent to editing so it should be out within the next three or four days but um, you can go to soberrecovery.com and find it but the the idea is that you know I, I had kind of an aha moment and again this was from a spiritual realm this is a spirit guide thing so I'm grateful to them for this but you know I was thinking about all my work that I've done with addiction, and uh, you're talking about, you know, the healing and the and the and the energy shift and all of this, and the the fact that you know you get underneath this stuff and then you start to grow and you start to heal. And if you don't, if you hold on to the old energy, well, then you're going to deal with a lot of sickness and a lot of suffering. You know, I was thinking about addiction and all the work I've done, all the things I've talked about. We always look at addiction as a disease. You know, we've we've proven as a society that addiction is a disease. It fits the criteria for disease. Uh, in that it's, you know, chronic, it's fatal if it's untreated, it, and, you know, all of the above. We know that it's like cancer, it's like diabetes, it's like any other disease out there. And so, you know, helping professionals and addiction specialists typically utilize uh, analogies, like they'll, they'll take on cancer or diabetes to try to explain addiction. And yet we know that when people go into treatment for addiction, they don't just go in and detox and get a bunch of, like, you know, medical aspects under their physical self. They actually have to go in and deal with an emotional and spiritual side, and that's why they have the entire, you know, trinity of uh, the triangle that, that represents the body, mind, and soul. It's a holistic healing, and that's what is that's what produces a successful recovery, is to stay within a holistic healing, not just one aspect of it, but holistic. And so I started thinking, okay, you know what's interesting? I have done that for years, like taken the disease of addiction and used cancer or diabetes or any other disease out there to try to help people understand what addiction is and what it isn't, you know, that it's not a moral issue, that it's a disease. Okay. But then I started thinking about the fact that I have yet to read, and I'm sure it's out there, but I haven't seen it, but I'm, I have yet to read or hear anyone use addiction in a way to help people understand cancer and diabetes. And the fact that successful recovery from those diseases would probably also be holistic and that the root the root cause of just like you know we always know that addiction i mean most helping professionals and addiction specialists know that addiction is a symptom of a much bigger problem and that it is an acute you know symptom and it is in fact a disease but that it's a symptom of a root problem that goes much deeper that's on an emotional you know psychological level and so if you look at on a spiritual level and so if you look at other diseases you know it's like okay well if this disease is really a symptom of a spiritual issue then wouldn't cancer and diabetes and all these other diseases also be a symptom of and so that's something you know I think too you you see these people coming in 
to yoga, and I, I would bet that you have stories of people that have come in with illnesses or diseases or sickness of some sort, yeah. and then they start to steal their bodies, not they only know their emotional mind change, but they start to heal physically. Oh, it happens all the time. I mean, like, for instance, I mean, think of the pancreas. You know, if you study Louise Hay's work or even um, Dolores Cannon's in quantum healing hypnosis, the pancreas is about the sweetness of life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone someone with a pancreatic diabetic problem, they're missing a true sweetness to their life. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of cancer goes back to the root of anger, repressed anger especially. Um, and you're right, you can't pick it all apart. It works in a circle. It's mind, body, spirit. Um, there's even mm-hmm. things beyond that we don't even know or comprehend that are happening. But yoga, I have seen people come in that suffered from migraines for years, and all of a sudden they're gone in a month. I've seen arthritis. My arthritis patients, they swear if they'll just take Advil every time before they come for a while just to get through the pain, eventually they won't need the Advil, so stay with the practice. I've seen people completely shift the way they eat. I've seen smokers smoking. I have several recovered addicts of students in my practice that that's what keeps them going. They're at yoga all the time because they're getting connected. You know, a lot of the root cause for addicts and the very limited, limited experience I have is the lack of connection. They just, right. you know, they, they need to be connected. And um, that our community has been that and been that source. I've even seen old injuries heal just from just from months of yoga practice or, you know, getting flexibility back. And then simple stuff as simple as like a golfer just wants a better golf game and that happens. But there have been some miraculous things. I mean, I can tell you I'm free from panic and anxiety attacks because of yoga. Um, right. It's just amazing um, my own walk, even the healings I've had. And I could go on and on in stories, but it happens. Every day it happens in my studio. Um, a big challenge that we've seen here is some people, because we teach hot yoga and we do have a pretty vigorous form at vinyasa yoga, is sometimes people think it's the yoga that's causing their bad experience or they've left lightheaded. And I'm like, well, are you hydrated? What did you eat? Well, are you getting enough sleep? You know, it's the whole mind, body, spirit thing of what's out of balance. That yoga is bringing this to a conscious level so you can see it to heal it. Right. And you got to feel it to heal it. It has to come sure. to a conscious level to even move it. Um, but, yeah, yeah you know, I've got to jump I got to jump in on that point because uh, I, a great friend of mine that sent a uh, video my way, I shared it on Facebook one day, but it was a rabbi, I don't remember his name, and, I, and I'm sorry for that, but he was sharing a piece about, it was just a short little video, and he was saying, you know, so he was reading a magazine one day, and it was talking about how a lobster grows, and he was like, I don't really care how a lobster grows, but he went ahead and, and read it, and it was basically, you know, that a lobster has this tough shell, well, the shell doesn't grow, the lobster actually starts to grow and becomes very uncomfortable in this shell and this discomfort that this lobster feels forces that lobster like push off the shell and go under a rock and then another shell forms and then that that shell has to you know get too small and the lobster gets uncomfortable again and and the whole point is is that that growth happens in that uncomfortable state and that 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 and you know his he said you know if lobsters had doctors uh, we and, and no offense to doctors, I'm just saying that like we need them when we need them. But the idea of like you know taking a Valium or taking a pill to try to fix something that goes has has a much deeper root that we're just kind of avoiding the root problem and treating the symptom. He said, you know, if lobsters had doctors, they'd probably never grow. 
And that's the thing is, like, if you just feel this discomfort and you try to just rush yourself out of it, well, then you're never going to heal whatever it is that's causing that. So you won't grow. And so I love that you say that, you know, like, that's what yoga's doing. It's bringing it up for you to heal it. Absolutely is. We even had, I've had students even come off all their medications with antidepressants and stuff by doing yoga. They just slowly started winging off and realizing, oh, you know, and antidepressants can be great for a short period of time. They can be Mm -hmm. life-saving for some people, but, you know, long-term solution can sometimes be very detrimental. And I have seen yoga over and over again. I've, I've had people tell me, I've just, this helps me so much. And we, it's like we say all the time. Just like you brush your teeth every day, you, you got to do the same thing for your mind, body, spirit. What do you do every day to get yourself up? How are you taking right. care of your well-being? Is it through Reiki once a week or a massage or a counseling session or yoga? But you got to do something. It's an everyday, moment-by-moment moment alignment to take care of your well-being. Um, exactly. And that's just where we are today, you know. That's today. That's the energy of today, and it still works. So it's amazing. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. I agree. I love that. I love everything that you said today. We we have only like nine minutes. I told you this flies. It goes really fast. It does. Um, it's, we never just, we, I know. It's, we just never have enough time. I could talk to you for hours. I'm sure that our listeners would love for me too, because you always give such great information. Every time you and I talk, I walk away inspired and enlightened. Um, I'm so grateful, so grateful to know you and so grateful that you do what you do. And the community that knows you is grateful too. And your instructors are grateful. I know that. And so I just hope that you feel and know that you are loved and appreciated and uh, everyone that, that has ever had the, of you in their life is grateful for it. And then I'm included in that. Uh, I just want you to feel that and know that. And I hope that we can have you on the show again because I know that you have so much more to offer. But before we, um, you know, wrap up, because Annette usually wraps us up at the end, and I just want to make sure that we have time for you to give information for how people can reach you, how they can get involved in yoga at the yoga stand. Um, And if you want to connect, you know, if if somebody wants to connect with you, how can they do that? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for that um, beautiful acknowledgement. I accept it and I hear you. And I'm thankful for both you and Annette, too, and the work you do here. I cannot do this alone. And we all matter because we're all in this together. Um, So thank you. I'm so honored to be on the show today. Yes, to get a hold of me, here's the first thing you need to know. You can come to yoga if you've never done it before. If you think you have to be flexible, that is a myth. You actually come to get flexible. I tell people all the time. You're scared of yoga. That's like saying you're too dirty to take a bath. Everybody is welcome to yoga. Um, But we are very easy to find at www.theyogastand.com. We offer a free new student workshop that happens every other month. That is free. Really great if you're intimidated or scared, and we recommend that within your first six months or so of practicing with us. Um, But it's simple. You go online. There's a little online waiver. Um, You'll fill that out first. It'll make your little count. Um, You can come to any of our classes. We teach to all levels. Anybody is welcome, and uh, we meet you where you are. So we we encourage a lot of blocks, straps. We even encourage child's pose when it's too much because we do teach. My place is like an energy school. We are we teach the true teachings of spirituality and yoga. It's it's the real deal, and I work very hard to keep that quality up. But um, it, it is energetically rich. It's energetically demanding, and and it will create change and transformation in your life. There's no doubt. But that's how you get a hold of us. We also have a Facebook page, Instagram. You can follow me personally as well. But 
come meet my team. They amaze me. They inspire me. Um, I couldn't do it without the, the help of the Lubbock community or my staff. Um, they're absolutely amazing. They have been there more than I ever could imagine for me, and they're the reason that we all exist. This whole place made it because I couldn't have done it alone. So I'm just blessed, and um, we love to meet everybody. We love new people. So come in and see us. I love that. And, you know, I have to say, um, I love that you said that saying that, you know, you're intimidated by yoga and that you just can't do yoga, you're not flexible enough to do yoga is like saying I'm too dirty to take a bath. I love that. Um, And I also love on your website, I encourage everyone to go to the website because even if you um, just want to check out, you know, Haley and, and all that she has to say and share, there are testimonials on this website that are well worth the read. There's also, you know, you can read about the workshops and the teacher training. Uh, but at the very top on the left, it just says Connect, Empower, Transform. That's exactly what you do, and that's exactly what this place does, and I love that. And, you know, again, you also have a blog. I know people can go on and get great information mm-hmm. there. So it's just, by all means, listeners out there, wherever you are, go to this great website. It's, you know, even if you're not local, uh, it's just got, there's great information on here and great stuff to read. And, again, I can't thank you enough. I just appreciate everything you do. So thank you so much for being on I do today. Too. And, and like I said, you know, come in, and if we're, not a, if we're not a fit for you, we'll find where you do fit. I mean, it's, you know, if you need a different no style fact. of yoga or something like that, we're really about promoting your highest path and where you need to be. And sometimes our style is not always a fit, but I can guarantee you you will be loved and nurtured and supported and, um, we also have a bunch of YouTube videos. There's videos on my website as well, and stay plugged in. I'm always releasing videos on our Facebook page as well. But thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed every yes. minute. And, um, you know, Lubbock is lucky to have you too. So um, thank you for being here and being on this path with me. I need you guys. Oh, thank well, you. Thank we you need so you. Much. And so, Annette, I, I, know, I, I know Annette wants to jump in and say a few words before we end today. Sure. I want to know just one thing that somebody wanting to get to know you may not know about you. Something that's interesting. <laughs> Something that's interesting. Oh, I love that question. I think I make my students do that in teacher training. Um, a lot of people don't know I actually dance somewhat well. I trained in dancing five or six years ago in West Coast and Ballroom and Latin. I have a blast with that. I also know how to juggle. Um, I won a a bronze medal as a gymnast. I was a gymnast for about 14 years. Wow. Yeah. I knew the dancing part, and I don't think you give yourself enough credit on the dancing part. This woman is a fantastic dancer. Huh? I've seen pictures, first of all, that just blow my mind. So don't let her underestimate herself there. She's an amazing dancer. And, um, but I didn't, really? I, didn't know the jug- I didn't know the juggling part. I didn't know the juggling part. That's new. Okay, so if anybody, go. anybody goes to the yoga stand, which I'm sure they will, I want you to ask her to break out a move Just while she's juggling. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just put it all together. Put it all together. And then I want you to take video. Oh, we need to see this. We need exactly. To see this. We need to send you all a video and post that. Well, that oh, is so, so funny. I, I just sat back and I was listening to everything. It was just wonderful. And, and um, I can't wait to hear more from you. Uh, surely be back on the show, I'm sure. Talking Absolutely. about time. So, really want to thank you, Tasha. Thank you, and everybody. Yeah. Stay, 
ride, please, and safe, and, um, you know, take care of each other. So we will see you next Wednesday on Girl Power Hour. Bye. Bye. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense, like breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you love the sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a gift receipt. Boar's Head invites you to enlighten your senses. Introducing Boar's Head Ichiban Teriyaki-style chicken. Inspired by Japanese master chefs, our signature teriyaki glaze is crafted with garlic, ginger, and a hint of brown sugar. Then paired with our tender, slow-roasted chicken breast for a flavor that's sweet, savory, remarkably bold. Boar's Head Ichiban Teriyaki-style chicken. The bold flavor of Japan. Now at the deli. Compromise elsewhere. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.